Upend and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. And today is Wednesday, I guess. And it's a beautiful Wednesday, of course. No rain. Hope you're all having a good day so far. And let's see what we got on the dock here. Okay, what we got on the docket is a voicemail by John Allen Large of Red Dice Diaries. Let's take a listen. Hi, Glenn. John from Red Dice Diaries. I've been listening to your episode about Sandbox Gaming, and I think you're absolutely right. The way I like to do it is, even if I'm using a pre-generated campaign world like I am with Middlelands at the moment, sort of sketch out the broad strokes of the sort of wider picture of the area, and then build a starting point and then just sort of expand as you go on gradually from there since it saves you tearing your hair out and trying to do too much at once a lot of which may not get used anyway so enjoying listening to the podcast take care catch you soon thank you john appreciate it it's just the way you you tear your hair out trying to plot the whole thing so you just take a little chunk at a time as far as sandboxes go and that's the only way I really can see it done. So, yeah, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Let's see, I started thinking about... I don't know, I get, uh, last night something hit me. Remember we were talking about ideas, what you do to get your brain kick-started? Sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes something just goes bam. Because one of the things you can do to kick-start your brain is watch other media like a movie or something, or a TV show, or read a book, or go see a movie, or listen to the radio, or even music for that matter. Well, last night I started watching The Princess and the Frog, which I think is an underrated Disney movie. I've enjoyed it, and I like the feel of it. And all of a sudden, the germ of an idea for Mutant Future came into my head something I could run at North Texas next year. And that's all I got to say about that, because it's really just the germ of an idea. And if I do it right, people are going to have a whole lot of fun. Okay, you got your idea. What to do with it? Well, you got to start fleshing things out, start thinking about encounters and scenes and, and the through line. The through line is very important. Because, like I said, you don't you don't prep plots, you prep situations, you do a framework. And what you need as part of that framework is some kind of through line that links everything together in the end, whether they're going off to do their own thing or you've got them you know, they're doing they're doing plot related stuff and things like that, or just an encounter. You can link any encounter into the main the main story. And I started thinking about encounters. And what constitutes a fair fight? Now, that's just kind of the anthema, anthema, anthema to me, because the opposite. I don't like, in other words, I don't like it. To me, I don't think it should always be a fair fight because I'm of the old school opinion of running away to fight another day. You don't go storm the dragon's lair by yourself. And expect to live. So you get to see where I'm going for, going with that. But what constitutes... I, you need some kind of a gauge. Some kind of a gauge to figure out how tough the fight's going to be. Even if you don't want to 
even if you don't want to balance it out. So I've seen several ways of doing this in D&D and other clones, other types of things. Usually it comes down to something of a challenge level. I know Swords and Wizardry does that, and I know D&D does something like that. I'm kind of ambivalent about it because I just feel that it's... I just like to eyeball it because that way it makes it a lot more interesting. I don't want an exact match for any encounter. I may err on the weak side or I may err on the insanely strong side, but it makes the fight more interesting. So I always use the old tried and true. And I'm not saying the challenge levels and things like that can't be good. I can't say they can't be useful because if I look at challenge levels, so I've, I've looked at them before. When I'm doing an encounter and... What I do is I balance it by... Oh, there's that word again, balance. I kind of balance it between how tough the party is versus how tough the monsters are as far as challenge level goes and also what area they're fighting in because you can't just throw any monster or any encounter in on wherever you are because you got you got okay they're in the swamp they're not going to get a desert encounter or something like that so you've got to put that into the equation too but my favorite is still the old party level versus hit dice of monsters that's how i do it and i can take into account special abilities things like that i can bump that number up a little if they have some like devastating special abilities that they can use all the time but for the most part to me it's the total total of the party's levels versus the hit dice of monster or monsters if the parties are all third level and there's four of them that's 12 levels right there so they could take one 12 hit die monster or two six hit die monsters or a bunch of two hit die monsters like six of them you know that'll give them that'll give them something to fight fight with and it's also easier and and if those monster if you're choosing a 12 hit die monster that has say oh a charm ability or a or fire breath I just bump it up a couple of dice and or take whatever power it is. If there's some kind of quantifier with the power, how powerful it is, you can have that and add it to it too. But that's getting into math. I, I know in the RC, the Rule Cyclopedia, they do have a formula in there, but I think Frank got a little out of hand. In fact, what's funny about it is there's a Dragon article where Frank says, I don't use this. This is the formula I use, and maybe it'll be easier for you. It's not. <laughs> so I fall back on the old tried and true party level versus hit dice. Gives me a ballpark figure because I like ball for, I like keeping it loose that way because I can always either depower a monster somewhere or another, or I can beef up the encounter a bit with a tougher monster more hit dice with the monster, other monsters showing up to help, things like that. You know, the, and, and you got to be subtle about it, too, because that's part of your job as a, as a game master. You can't just go, oh, three more giants show up. No, you can't do that. you got to be a little more subtle about it. It's got it's to make sense 
kind of makes sense logically, you know, what's happening. Because I've seen some people where they're going, oh my God, the monster's kicking, kicking their ass. What do I do? Or the party's kicking the monster's ass and I wanted this to last for a while. What do I do? And then they just throw something in out of left field. Oh, then a, a couple of harpies start attacking it while you're fighting the gnoll. Where do they come from? I mean, it could be a t- they could be fighting in a terrain, like a rocky terrain. They could have a nest up there or something. That makes some sense. You're infringing on their territory. But what if you're in the middle of a forest and a couple of harpies attack? Uh, I don't think so. No. So you got to make everything you do has got to seem somewhat logical, given the and and the funny thing about logical is it's got to be logical for that world. If it makes sense to have forest harpies, or they've been encountered before, or talked about before, or they have information about them, that's one thing. If you're just going to throw them out of left field just to make the the encounter tougher, uh, uh-uh, uh, won't fly with me. Nope. Because then my, you know, you start, once the logic thing starts going in my head or in somebody's head, you start pulling away from the game. You start losing that immersion. You stop, you start, you don't suspend the disbelief as much. Now, this sounds funny coming from me who likes Gonzo stuff. Because my friend Matt Evans, who runs MythGarther, he's more of a, Things gotta be, you know, things gotta be realistic and logical and make sense. And I'm like, I don't care about what's possible. I just care about what's probable, given the world I'm in. So it's it's very interesting our dynamic sometimes. Watching, but anyway, as far as encounter goes, you gotta just kind of use your common sense sometimes. Challenge levels and charts and stuff are nice. But sometimes you just got to use your common sense and figure it out. Levels versus hit dice isn't a bad way to go, really. It's gotten a lot of GMs through games, and it's just an easy an easy thing to do. You want to do challenge levels, go ahead. But I would ballpark it, too. You know, I'd, I'd find out the total party level, the total party strength, and then look at the challenge levels, and i just maybe err one side or another, plus or minus one challenge level. Just like I do with with the, the hit dice versus versus levels. So there's that. So that's how kind of how I balance encounters. It makes the fights interesting to say the least. And I don't I have yet to have a TPK. So we will see what happens. Also that's where some fudging comes in if they you know <laughs> it, I'll, I'll I'll leave that for another day. I'll leave that subject for another day. Anyway, time to start my day. Got to go out and do some things. Got to go out and pay the bill, pay some bills, such like that. So I hope you folks have good, a great day, rest of the day. And until I see you next time, keep the dice warm. And I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Questions. Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.